Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hello, family. Praise the Lord. And welcome to our first midweek service as the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family. I've been looking forward to this time when we can start fellowshipping during the weekdays. You know that for some time we've been holding our Sunday services. But I felt that before the year ends, we should launch out into having our midweek services. And the plan is to have it virtual. And um, as we move along, I believe that by the grace of God, we can start having the in-person services for the weekdays as well. But till that time comes, we're just going to stick with this. I'm going to be coming to you in the comfort of your home, in the comfort of your office, wherever you are. And I believe that we're going to have a wonderful time. I need you to understand that wherever you are, God is able to touch you right there. You don't have to be physically present in a place before you can receive an impartation from the Lord. I'm sure you remember the story of the centurion whose servant was sick. He was sick unto death. He sent a plea to Jesus to come to his home and heal his servant. Then later on, I believe that he, he, he thought about it and he told himself, what am I doing? I'm a man under authority. I wield a lot of power and authority. And I can just give an instruction, give a command somewhere, and then things will just be done. So he sends a message back to Jesus and he says to him, that I'm an unworthy fellow. I don't need you to come under my roof. But right where you are, you can speak the word and I know that my servant can be healed. And ladies and gentlemen, on that occasion, a powerful miracle, an amazing miracle was done. And indeed, the servant of that centurion was healed. So right where you are, you may even be wearing your evening coat or your pajamas or your evening wear getting ready to retire for the day but i tell you that as you sit and watch this broadcast i believe that god is going to speak to you right where you are and if you can receive the ministration of the word of god with a lot of faith with a lot of hope i believe that god will do something great in your life and you'll be powerfully blessed bow down your hearts and let us pray father in the name of jesus we are thankful to you for this opportunity to hear your word again. We are persuaded that your word is a very powerful blessing and it's a very powerful force in our lives. You send forth your word to heal us and to deliver us from our destruction. Thank you, Father, that you have greatly elevated your word and that any time your word comes forth, it comes to accomplish a particular purpose for which it was sent. 
I pray in the name of Jesus, may your word of God fulfill that purpose for which it is being sent to us today, for which it is coming our way today. I pray for everyone watching me, everyone under the sound of my voice, wherever they are. I pray that right there, may your Holy Spirit touch them. Yes, Lord. Let your angels be present around them. Yes, Lord. Let their lives be blessed mightily through the word of God that is coming their way this evening. Yes, Lord. I pray, Father, that you bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Anoint my lips today in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Now, we are in that season of the year again when we will be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Is coming into this world to save us from our sins. And all across the world, believers, Christians, and even non-Christians are getting ready for this season. Last year, 2020 Christmas was a little funny, you know, because of the coronavirus pandemic and all the uncertainties it introduced into the world. But I believe that this Christmas will be much nicer. And during this period, I want to be sharing with you Christmas messages. I want to share with you messages that have to do with different events that occur during the Christmas season. The different events that surrounded the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we are also going to be taking a look at the different characters who played some major roles, some minor roles when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born. And this evening, I feel led to take off with one particular character, you know, who featured in the story concerning the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I choose to call him the unsung hero of Christmas. The unsung hero of Christmas. And that, incidentally, is the title of my message to you this evening. The unsung hero of Christmas. Unsung is spelled U-N-S-U-N-G. And then hero, of course, is H-E-R-O. I think I'm a kind pastor. And I'm making sure that you get the spelling correctly and you have the title right. Now, unsung means not praised or acclaimed. Not praised or, un, or acclaimed. And so, when you have somebody who is not praised, maybe somebody who has done something great, somebody who has accomplished something powerful, but nobody praises the person, nobody acclaims the person, then what you can say is that that person is unsung. May you always be celebrated. Amen. And may you always receive the praise and the acclamation for the things that you do to the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. It. Amen. Hero is a person who is noted for courageous acts or nobility of character. A person who is noted for courageous acts or nobility of character. And in this passage of scripture that I'm about to read to you, there is one particular person that I believe is an unsung hero of Christmas. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to Matthew chapter 1, reading from verse 
18 to verse number 25. Matthew chapter 1, reading from verse 18 to verse 25. Follow me as I read, please. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was espoused or engaged to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily or privately. But while he thought, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying. Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Many, many years before Jesus Christ was born, God had already set into motion a plan to work out the salvation and the redemption of mankind. Right there in the garden of Eden. Right after God had confronted Adam and Eve with their sin. He said something to Eve. And what he said to her was a revelation or a signal to her and to Adam about something that God was going to do in the course of time. He said to her that I will put enmity between your seed and the serpent. He said to her, He shall bruise the head, that is referring to the seed of the woman. He shall bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent will bite his heel. Now that seed that God made mention of was referring 
to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the serpent is symbolic of the devil. So it is very intriguing when you think about the fact that right there in the Garden of Eden, more than 6,000 years ago, right after the high treason of Adam and Eve, God already had a plan in place to save mankind. Now that is what makes him God. He's in control. He always knows the end from the beginning. How dare anybody to suggest that God is not all-knowing? How dare anybody to think that God is confused by things that happen? He is never confused. He knows the beginning and he knows the end. That is why he is the Alpha and the Omega. That is why he's the beginning and the end. And there is nothing that takes him by surprise. Hallelujah. Amen. So right there, he had a plan in place. And his plan was that he was going to send his only begotten son to take our place. He was going to come into this world, come down to our level, become like us, walk where we walk, experience the things we go through. And in the process of time, he was going to climb up to that cross take our place there, carry the sins of the whole world and pay the price and the penalty for our sins. What a wonderful God he is. What an amazing God he is. And ladies and gentlemen, when God began to draw up his plans to bring our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into the world to save us, he started selecting the different characters who were going to play roles in this redemption story. Now some of the characters were going to play major roles. Some of the characters were going to play minor roles. You know, usually when a drama piece or a film is put together, there are different characters. There are those who play major roles and then there are those who play minor roles. Somebody, the role that he's supposed to play is just to walk across the street. That's a minor role. Hallelujah. Amen. But all that helps the film to work. And, and, and it helps to put the film out in a very nice way. And so God had different people that he had chosen and he had selected to play you know, roles in the beautiful redemption story concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you know, there's one character whose name is not sung often in Christmas carols. When you take a look at Christmas cards, you are not likely to see his name. Poems that are written concerning Christmas it is not often that you will hear the name of this person I'm referring to. And who is this? His name is Joseph. Joseph. And I dare say he is one of the unsung heroes of Christmas. Whenever you mention the name Joseph, most people will immediately think of his namesake. The Joseph who became prime minister of Egypt. He was famous. But this other Joseph. You know. After the story. Surrounding the birth of Jesus. After the first few chapters. 
in, the, in, the, in some of the Gospels, you don't read anything about him again. You hear about Mary, the mother of Jesus. So for example, at the wedding in Cana, Mary was there. When Jesus hung on the cross, Mary appeared again. But we don't hear much about Joseph. So he looks like somebody who just slipped in, played a role, and then he just disappeared. But I want to submit to you today that he is actually an unsung hero of Christmas. Why do I say so? I'm going to take you on a journey to scrutinize the life of Joseph and some of the amazing things that he did of which he is worthy of recommendation. And I believe that his story will teach all of us very important lessons that can guide us as we move through this life. The first thing I want us to learn about Joseph is that he was a just man. He was a just man. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 19, the Bible says Joseph to whom she was engaged was a righteous man. The King James says a just man. So just means righteous. It goes on and says and did not want to disgrace, to disgrace her, that is Mary, publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. So here he was, Joseph, all excited. He was engaged to the princess of the village, the beauty queen of the village, I dare say, Mary. And he was looking forward to the day when he was going to marry her and take her home as his wife. When he gets the shock of his life, he discovers that Mary was pregnant you can imagine his confusion you can imagine how shattered he was that this had happened and I like how the Bible describes him in the verse that we read that he was a just man he was a righteous man that means he was upright, he was a decent fellow who always tried to do the right things and to behave properly. That's what it means to be just. That is what it means to be righteous. It means that you are a person of integrity. You are an upright person who tries always to do the right things. I want to say to all of us that it pays to do the right things. And may we strive through the help of the Holy Spirit to be upright people full of integrity. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. Look at Psalm 1 verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now this is describing a just person. This is describing an upright person. This is describing a righteous person. It is describing a godly person. And the Bible is saying that such a person will do well 
such a person will flourish such a person will excel in everything that he does may we be described as righteous amen may we be just people amen may we strive to always do what is right amen. do what is noble yes and may we seek to be men and women of integrity i receive it may god take a special interest in us amen when he's looking for people to use to fulfill his purposes in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Joseph, the Bible says, was a just man. There are not too many people who are described as such in the Bible. We have examples like Enoch and Job, who are like good examples of righteous people whom God took a special interest in. You are the next person that God is going to take an interest in. Amen. May you become special to God. And may he decide to use you for something great and use you for something powerful. I receive the it. secret is to be just, the secret is to be righteous, and the secret is to be upright. It doesn't mean that you don't have challenges. It doesn't mean that you don't have problems. But you see, there's something about you that is appealing and attractive to God. And may you be such a person to God Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. The second thing we want to say about Joseph, the second lesson we want to learn about him, the unsung hero of Christmas, is that Joseph was a kind and compassionate man. He was a kind and compassionate man. Back to verse 19 of Matthew chapter 1. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. We read that. And notice what the Bible says. Did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph was a great guy. He was kind. He was compassionate. It was his kindness and his compassion that made him resolve that he was not going to subject Mary to open ridicule and shame. He was not going to disgrace her publicly. When you are kind, when you are compassionate, you don't treat people in that way. You don't humiliate people. You don't embarrass people. You don't spread bad stories about people. You don't cast people in a bad light such that when people meet with them and when people interact with them, they have all kinds of questions running in their minds. Something bad had happened, yes. And Joseph discovers that the woman he loved, the woman he was committing his life and his future to, was pregnant. And he knew that he was not responsible for the pregnancy. He knew. Because he knew that he hadn't had any sexual relationship with her. So obviously, somebody else had beaten him to it. And the guns have a statement, So that means that somebody is chopping more than the owner of the thing. Oh! Joseph was very, very sad. But the Bible says that he decided that I am not going to humiliate Mary. I am not going to disgrace her publicly. I'm going to find a way to break the engagement quietly. All the people will hear is that the engagement is off. The wedding is off. We are not marrying again. When they ask him about it, he will just explain that 
uh, for personal reasons, I, I, I don't think that we are compatible. We are not marrying again. That's what he decided to do. And it was his kindness and his compassion that made him decide to take such a decision. He had a choice. Look with me at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 20 to 21. I'm preaching. Preaching. Joseph could have invoked Deuteronomy 22, verse 20 to 21. What does it say? The New Living Translation. But suppose the man's accusations are true. So here, we're talking about, about a man who accuses his wife of infidelity and not, be, and of not being faithful to him. And he can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home. And there, the men of the town must stone her to death. For she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. This is in the law of Moses. And it makes it crystal clear. Interestingly, there were such provisions to do with women who were promiscuous. But there didn't seem to be too much noise made about men who were like that. There are other places where it talks about the men. But there, there's something about the law where it sounds as if there was a certain bias. I don't want to get into all of that. But it was clear in the word of God that if you are engaged to somebody and you discover that the person has been playing around and has been sleeping around and you can prove it because in those times you know if you are marrying you must marry as a virgin so if you are engaged to somebody the person marries you takes you to the house and he he, he has sexual relationship with you and he doesn't see blood he will come and accuse you of infidelity. They will run some checks. And when they discover that indeed you were not a virgin on the day you were getting married, today a lot of sisters will be in trouble. A lot. A lot. But if you are found in such a situation, you will be stoned to death. So that was the prescription by the law. And Joseph could have invoked this. But you see, when he heard that Mary was pregnant, although he was confused, although he was distressed, perhaps he was even angry, he just felt compassion. He felt kindness. He didn't want to do anything that was subjected to public ridicule and even result in her death. And I want to say to you, my friends, this is noble. This is divine. It shows that he really loved her. You can never claim to love somebody when at the slightest thing you are ready to write the person off and spread stories about the person. I question your love for that person. If you love somebody, you are not in a hurry to expose the person. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And one of the things that makes Joseph a great guy which is why he qualifies to be called an unsung hero of Christmas, is the kindness and the compassion. He was ready to forgive. He was considerate. May God turn us into men and women like Joseph. Amen. Kind people. Compassionate people. Not always in a hurry to seek vengeance. 
not vindictive, not ruthless. No. But people who are kind. Even when somebody has done the wrong thing, there's a certain way you should relate with the person and treat the person. It will make you special in the sight of God. In the name of Jesus. Number three. The third thing we want to notice about Joseph is that Joseph was somebody who thought through things carefully and did not rush to take major decisions. He thought through things carefully and did not rush to take major decisions. He didn't act in the heat of the emotions. Look at verse 20 of Matthew chapter 1. Are you being blessed, my friends? So much. Matthew 1.20, as he considered this, as he was considering what to do with Mary, how to put her away privately, the Bible says an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph did not rush into taking any decision. The Bible says he considered things. That means that he thought through things carefully. He must have been upset. He must have been hurt. He must have been confused. He must have been disappointed. But he did not allow any of these emotions to rush him into taking any decision. He considered things carefully and he thought through things carefully. Don't always be in a rush to take a decision for your life. I dare say that a lot of decisions that are taken in the heat of the emotion are often the wrong ones. Take your time. Take your time. Calm down. Cool down. Don't just, you know, write people off don't just walk out of the marriage don't just end friendships and relationships don't just resign from the job don't just quarrel with the people around you because of something you have heard because of something that happened immediately you hear there's fire in your bosom and you start acting taking major decisions don't do that we can learn from joseph he considered he thought through things carefully He was hurting, but he did not rush. May we learn not to rush into taking major decisions for our lives. Amen. Because the decisions you take will either land you in a good place or in a bad place. So I want to say this, especially to those of you who struggle to contain your anger. Pray that the Holy Spirit will help you Because one of the emotions that you must not follow at all in this life is anger. Don't follow it. Is it a sin to be angry? Not necessarily. After all, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So it means that you can be angry and there's no problem with that. But I'm saying to you, my friend, that in your anger, When you are angry with somebody, don't rush to take any major decision. A decision concerning yourself or a decision concerning that person. You will make a mistake. 
Because what is leading you and guiding you is not principles. It is emotions. And emotions are fleeting. If in the heat of the emotion you decide to do something, when you calm down, you look back and realize how foolish it was of me to take this decision. And sometimes you would have done irreparable damage to yourself or to somebody else. So anybody who cannot control his emotions has a serious problem. And I think that all of us are guilty of it in one way or the other. May the Holy Spirit help us to control our emotions. Amen. May our emotions not be what lead us and guide us in this life. Amen. The Bible says for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is the Spirit of God who is supposed to lead us and not our emotions. We are being liberated today through the word of God. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Number four. The fourth lesson we want to learn about Joseph is that he was a spiritually discerning fellow. He was a spiritually discerning fellow. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 1. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Remember that the angel appeared to him in a dream and spoke to him and explained that what is happening with Mary is an arrangement by God himself. And it is the Holy Spirit who has come upon her and made her pregnant. It's no man who has touched her. So the angel encouraged him, don't be afraid to take her as your wife. It was a dream. When he woke up from the dream, he didn't say, hey, that your body burn in Amasui. Or Bronsam no no. Or Bedadami. Yes, my young cannon he didn't say that a lying spirit has spoken to me he didn't just dismiss his dream I believe that he thought carefully through it and he discerned things spiritually and that is why when he woke up he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do and he took Mary as his wife when you are not spiritual and when you are not discerning there's a certain way you just dismiss your dreams there are times when we have clear dreams but the non-spiritual ones and the non-discerning ones they have a way of lightly treating those dreams so they say that Mary He could have said that the word of God has said it very clearly. What should be done to women who are unfaithful? I'm just going to follow the word. Yes, it was clear in the word of God. But here you are, you've had a dream. Are you spiritual enough and discerning enough to recognize that God is speaking to you? So Joseph is a great character and we are talking about him and one of the things we are taking note of concerning him is that he was a spiritually discerning fellow 
May you and I also be spiritually discerning. Amen. May we not just be carnal people just moving through the world, looking at things all the time from a carnal perspective, from a human perspective. If we are like that, we will not go far. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually, spiritually minded is life and godliness. Hallelujah. Amen. So don't just dismiss your dreams. Of course, not every dream is a good dream. And not every dream is supposed to be taken notice of. There are some people also, they dream too much. The dreams are too many. Hey, Diana also died. It's too much, please. Stop it. Stop it. You like dreaming too much. What's so And then everything that you are doing is because of a dream. So although I'm talking about being spiritually discerning, I'm also serving a caveat. And I'm pointing out to you that God has not set us out to lead us primarily through dreams. You see, it is true when he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and my daughters will prophesy, they will have visions, the old men will have dreams and all of that. So, there's a sudden manifestation of the spirit of God, of the presence of God, that can result in dreams and in visions. But I'm also telling you that be very, very careful, because God is not the only person who gives dreams. The devil can also cause you to have dreams. You can have dreams as a result of your activities and your movements in the course of the day. You can have a dream because of something that was on your mind, the last thing that was on your mind before you fell asleep. One of these days, I'll teach you about dreams, interpreting them, and what have you. So even though I am saying all of this, I am also emphasizing that don't treat your dreams lightly. And there are some dreams that don't make sense. I mean, think about the dream that Pharaoh had. He saw seven fat cows <laughs> and seven lean cows. When he woke up from there, he said, Hey, and in pie, and song, and I can see and song, piano and song. I see anything. Does God want me to become, uh, to have an animal farm? He could have had all those things, but he was discerning. Even though he was not a righteous fellow, he was descending and knew that this dream, it meant something. And that is where Joseph came into the picture. What am I saying to you? You must be spiritually descending and not just be a carnal person in this life. Can I have an amen from somebody? Amen. We are ending. Number five, Joseph was a man of faith. Joseph, this unsung hero of Christmas, was a man of faith. Verse 24. We read verse 24 earlier on. When Joseph woke up, verse 24 of Matthew 21, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. It must have taken a lot of faith for him to do this. Oh yes. Without faith, you, you cannot follow a directive like that. It takes faith to follow up on your dreams and your visions and to carry on with them. It takes a lot of faith. And Joseph believed that God had spoken and he had to say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. And let the church 
say amen when god speaks to you however god speaks to you recognize the voice of god when he speaks to you and when you hear that voice what must your response be amen and you must have faith that it is actually god who is speaking to you ladies and gentlemen god is always drawn to men and women of faith for without faith it is impossible to please god number six the last but one joseph walked in obedience verse 24 again when joseph woke up he did as the angel of the lord commanded and took mary as his wife he obeyed he obeyed what the angel said to him he followed the instruction and the commandment that the angel gave to him in the dream he walked in obedience obviously it was frightening what he had to do to take a pregnant teenager to his house and marry her and then claim that i am the father of the child it was frightening now what if the angel what what if the dream was not correct what if the dream was not a dream from god what if he had interpreted things wrongly but he had faith that it was really god who had spoken to him and he acted on his faith faith without works is dead and that is why there is a need to act on your faith when you believe that God is speaking to you. Hallelujah. And when you walk with God, you need to trust and obey him. Joseph, we are celebrating today as an unsung hero of Christmas because he walked in obedience. And finally, Joseph was a sacrificial man, a man of self-control. He was a sacrificial man, a man of self-control. May God empower us to make all the sacrifices we need to make in this life. Amen. And may God cause us to walk controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and, which may, and of a sound mind. Other versions in place of a sound mind have self-control. Verse 25 of Matthew chapter 1. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. So for nine months, no show. Joseph had feelings. When he saw certain things, there was a staring in his loins. He had feelings. But he controlled himself and decided to suspend his own desires and needs and put them on hold till Jesus was born. He could have insisted on having sex or sleeping with Mary and that could have changed the whole story. Before you realize, the baby would have been aborted. And Jesus would be dead and something would be poking him, something would be killing him saying, before you realize, the whole thing would be spoiled. He had to control himself. So Joseph was a sacrificial man and a man of self-control. May God cause us to be like that in Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. May we gain a certain control over ourselves, over our desires, over our needs, and over our passions in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, this is my message to you today about Joseph, the unsung hero of Christmas. I've shared seven important lessons with you. And there are things that you're supposed to derive from what I've shared with you today. I pray that this message 
will continue to ring in your heart and continue to ring in your heart. Amen. And may it inspire you to take certain major decisions yes. that will turn you into a just man or woman or into a righteous man or a righteous woman. Yes. God bless you. Bow down your heads and let us pray. Thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for your word. And thank you for these wonderful lessons that we've learned about this great man called Joseph. Things he did, decisions he took, steps he took, which can inspire us also as we walk with you. I pray for everyone who is watching this broadcast that a certain grace that was upon Joseph will come upon us as well. Yes, Lord. That the spirit that Joseph carried, yes. we will receive an impartation of that spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. May we be just. Yes, Lord. May we be kind. Yes, Lord. May we be compassionate. Yes. May we be spiritually discerning. Yes, Lord. May we believe in you and have faith in you. Yes. Lord. May we act on our faith. Yes. May we obey you. Yes. Thank you for this powerful word in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're watching me and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I would like to pray with you. And all you need to do is to pray this prayer that I'm going to lead you to pray in faith. Believe in it. It's a simple prayer, yes. But there's a lot of power in it. Can you say this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Today. Today. I come to you. I come to you. Just as I am. Just as I am. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That you love me. That you love me. Thank you. Thank you. For sending Jesus. For sending Jesus. To die for me. To die for me. During this Christmas season. During this Christmas season. I surrender my life to Jesus. I surrender my life to Jesus. I receive him. I receive him. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. I will serve him. I will serve him. And I will follow him. And I will follow him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For hearing my prayer. For hearing my prayer. I am saved. I am saved. I am born again. I am born again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you for praying this prayer. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.